this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. Tonight, I kind of want to jump off the back of some of the things that have been happening in the last few weeks. Pastor Nathan shared a great message on making Yahweh a little golden calf and that he's not that. And then Beck came in and, and there was an amazing uh, feel of surrender, I guess, to the holiness of God and, and us responding to that. And even um, Andy Goulet last week sharing about laying ourselves down and so that we can serve him. And uh, this week I was, I'll be honest, I was struggling to find a passage that I wanted to share from. And uh, I got a couple of days in, I'm like, really need to find a passage to share from, but I can't really find one. But I did find one and I, I think it's an incredibly powerful message and I, I think that like our other Sunday nights, I believe this is going to take our church to another level. And as we respond to the Word, that our church will continue to grow and we'll continue to see people come in and encounter the love of Christ. Because that's why we do this, right? We want to share the good news. And uh, so before we do that, I just wanted to preface before I read read this Bible verse. It's uh, sometimes when we read certain verses, we can be triggered a little bit and be like, ooh, is this going to be about moralism? Are we talking about moralism here? If we're talking about a loving and gracious God, how can we talk about these things? But I believe this verse has so much power in it, and when it gets to that bit that you might feel like you're going to be triggered, it's because of the bit above it as as to why it has power. So I encourage as we approach this that you understand that this verse is for Christians, and we are Christians because we understand the grace and love of Jesus Christ. And so as we respond to this message, don't hear it from a, oh, I don't know how my friend who's not a Christian would respond to this. Hear it from the point of view as, I have encountered Jesus, and so this is going to affect the way that I live. And so I I just wanted to say that before I actually read the verse, and uh, let's pray together. I think it's always good to pray before we get into a word. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're already here. You're already moving amongst us, and and Lord, I, I pray that you take the words I speak tonight and that you land them on the right hearts. Lord, that our hearts will be open to your word and that together we'll be open to your instruction, we'll be open to your correction and open to your encouragement. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that everything you do, you do so graciously and so lovingly and we allow you to do that tonight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Beautiful. Well, if you have, as Shane Willard said this morning, if you have your physical Bibles, also known as an iPhone, uh, feel free to pull out your Bible and we're going to open to Colossians 3, 1 to 11, otherwise it will be up on the screen and you're welcome to read along. It says this, Colossians 3, 1 to 11. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Prepare to be triggered. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Prepare to be triggered once again. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. We still friends? It's all good? It's a really powerful passage and uh, tonight what I hope to do is, is, I guess, 
pull some truths out of this passage that allow us to grow in our relationship with Christ. Because that's a very important foundation to Christianity. Religion is a set of systems, rituals, and I guess checkboxes you need to tick to get to a certain point. Christianity is not that. Spirituality is looking within yourself, trying to find that inner strength and and being able to uh, impact the world from within myself and impact others from within myself. Can I tell you, Christianity isn't that. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ through what He has done for us. It's only through His sacrifice on the cross that we even have a shot at this. He knows we couldn't do it ourselves, and so He made a way, and that is the platform for all of these things. So tonight, and and I feel like we talk about relationship with Jesus a lot, but maybe that's a bit of a Christianese thing, talking about a relationship with somebody that's already in heaven. So I, I just want to unpack it a little bit and look at how can we build that relationship with Jesus and maybe, uh, maybe get rid of that Christianese a little bit. And uh, yeah, my, my goal for tonight, or my hope for tonight, is that you will grow closer to Christ. That out of this, He will become the centre of your life or will continue being the centre of your life. That He will be enlarged so there's other things in your life minimize because that should be the goal of when we read scripture and when we encounter Jesus all right beautiful so first thing that comes out of this one and I'm uh, as always I'm going to just use some personal stories to bring this stuff to life because that's the way I like to do it and it helps me understand it so the, the first point that I pull out of this of ways to strengthen and pursue and deepen your relationship with Jesus is to set your heart on things above so in the very at the very beginning It says, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, why is it important to set your heart on things above? What does this do? You know, we've all got our hearts set on certain things, and um, I think that it's the way that I'd like to explain it, and I I had a different illustration, but on the way here, I was like, I might try a different way. Um, When we, so I've got two little girls, um, Coco and Sparrow, one's two, one's four, and they're very different, and before they were born, I heard what it was like to be a dad. I heard what it was like to experience childbirth. And some people told me it was a very scary thing. It's like an alien coming from a different planet. Some people said it was an amazing thing. Can I tell you, I, it was one of the most unbelievable moments of my life in the most amazing way. So Coco, who's our oldest, when she was born, I don't know the technical terms, and I'm not going to get into too much detail to embarrass Re shaking her head. I didn't know she was coming tonight, so uh, she was going to be on the stream, but here we go. Yeah. Love you, Ray. Um, so with Cokes, she was, when, when a baby's born, they're meant to be born head down. So you see the back of their head when they pop out. Um, I didn't feel any pain. It was fine. But um, Coco, Coco was face up. And I remember when she was born and I saw her face, there was this moment that my heart just exploded. And I was a mess, an absolute mess. Ree was a mess too. She had an epidural, so she was high on drugs. She was sweet. But um, sorry, she's telling me to stop. It's all good. They haven't turned off my mic. Um, But there was this moment where my heart, there was a, a momentary thing happened in my heart. And it's, it's the same kind of thing. I was going to share the first time I met Ree, but I think that childbirth is even better because it's this new relationship. And I think that it, it really coincides with our, when we meet Jesus for that first time, that there's this, this new relationship that is born out of a moment. And that's one of the large goals of our PM services is it's so important that we all encounter Jesus. 
And not just once, but over and over and over. And the reason we do that is we want to set our heart on the things above. We, it's, it's so easy to let our heart get overtaken by the things of this world that we need to daily, and it was so beautiful what Abby did during that song, that we took a moment to ask for forgiveness again and, and just set our hearts again on, on Christ. And I, I just want to commend the team. The way you guys led that worship was really beautiful. It was really great. And so I guess in that, because we understand the power of our heart being set upon the things of above, we can't become complacent with it. It's easy to become complacent. I remember when Ree, again, I'm so sorry, Ree. I really didn't expect you to be here. We got home and, and after that, she'd given birth to Coke and I was like, I am a feminist now. Oh my goodness, women are the most amazing people ever. I will do everything, whatever you need to do. And I still believe that. Women are unbelievable. Not just because you're here, Ree, I do believe that. But over time, I stopped doing those extra things. I became complacent and I, I needed to allow that, that heart grab to happen again and again. And it's the same thing in our faith. As we walk with Jesus, we need to open our heart and it's almost that affection. We need that affection for Christ to come across over and over and over. So first way to deepen and strengthen your relationship with Jesus is seek out his presence. Seek out his presence and set your heart upon him because it's easy to let your heart go a little astray and fall back into the, our own ways. Second thing, which you may think sounds very similar, but is actually quite different, but is also interlocked, is set your minds on the things above. You see, it's one thing to have a moment and to have your heart set on the things above, but it's another thing to set your mind on the things above. Because it's easy to have those affections and have those feelings, but unless we can learn in our mind and teach ourselves and, and get a bit of framework for it to understand it, it will just stay at a feeling. And so with your relationship with Christ, it's important that you allow your mind to also be on Him. And I think the, another way, I'm going to continue with this, um, with Coco and Sparrow, because I don't want to embarrass Ray too much more, sorry Ray. Um, is as my girls grow up, I learn more and more about them. They, they couldn't be more different, and that's pretty great. With, with Coco, she's a, she's a girly girl. She loves unicorns. She loves rainbows. She loves braiding her hair. She loves Elsa. She loves all things girl, and it's, it's amazing. I struggle to connect with it, but it's, it's incredible. She's so imaginative. She just dances all day and, and sings, and, and then we have Sparrow, who likes headbutting walls, so she's... Um, it was good. People ask me if I need a son. I don't need a son. I got Sparrow. She's all good. She will crash tackle any guy in here. But it's as, as they grow up, their, their personality grows and I, and I start to learn the things they like. I start to learn the things they don't like. Often it's at the dinner table. We learn what they don't like. And it's um, as we do that, our mind begins to form and we grow a deeper relationship through that. It was the same with Ray. I will do this, you hear, why not? As we, uh, when we were dating and when we started dating, I had to get to know Ray. And so for me to know if I wanted to really date her and in the end marry her, I had to learn those things about her. I had to learn that she loves popcorn, absolutely loves it. She'd give up anything for popcorn. She'd give up me for popcorn, I reckon. But then I also had to learn the things she didn't like. There's two things that Ray doesn't like. The first one is Ivan Malat petrified of Ivan Milat. 
absolutely petrified. So I grew up out country and, and Ree came out for someone's birthday and called me and was like, I'm in the middle of this outback road. I don't know where I am and I'm frightened. And I didn't realize how afraid of Ivan Milat she was. So I said to her, be careful of Ivan Milat. <laughs> didn't go down well, did it, Ray? Tears rolled out of her eyes, but no, it was all good. But the other one that she doesn't like is cows as well. So her nightmare is Ivan Milat riding in here on a bull. That would be very frightening. But I only know that because I set my mind upon Re, because I was allowing my brain and my mind to learn more about her. And I feel like we love doing that. I love researching. I'm sure everyone loves learning about things. Do we do this about Jesus? When we open his word, do we find out the things he likes? Do we find out the things he dislikes? We know that Jesus does not like religiosity. He does not like people thinking they're better than everyone else. He doesn't like people just doing their own thing and, and taking advantage of others. He does love love. He does love showing compassion. He loves humility. He loves all people. And so as we open his scriptures, we learn more about him. So in your relationship with Jesus, I guess the question is, are you learning more about him? Are you busy just trying to learn about yourself? Or are you trying to learn more about him? Because as we learn more about him, we will take on his characteristics. We'll become more like him. As Ray and I get to know one another, I take on her characteristics as she does mine. I'm still not great at cleaning. I'll get there, I promise. But we, we learn and we, we get these things off each other. In the same way with Jesus, as we learn about him, as we set our mind upon him, we will ta- start to take on his characteristics. So first two things, set your heart on the things above and set your mind on the things above. All right, this leads to the trigger section. And this is important. This is important because of what's before it. And the reason that this isn't moralism is because of what's before it. You know, it talks about in verse 5, put to death therefore whatever brings to your earthly whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed which is idolatry. You know, when you start a new relationship, there's things you have to say goodbye to. I, um, before we were dating, I used to surf every weekend. I used to camp every weekend. And as we started dating, I did that for a little bit into it. And I learned that's not cool. I couldn't do that. Ree wasn't happy with me going away every weekend and surfing. There's certain things you have to put to death as you're in a new relationship. And in the same way with Jesus, as you grow in your relationship with him, it actually doesn't hurt to put that other stuff off because your new life is so much better. It's like if you get a new car you don't think about that old car you used to have. If you have a rubbish car and you get this really great new one, you know, like, oh, but I did, I did like the seats in the, in the back of that car, in the front of that car. You think about your new car. You think about that new life. And so with Jesus, we're thinking about that new life and he's given us new life. So why would we want to go back to the way things were? Why would we want to go back to that old ways? But in this is also that acknowledgement that those things do pop up. Those things are within us. Because again, let me remind you, this passage is for Christians. So this isn't for non-Christians, this is for Christians. This is for you and I. And it's telling us to put our old death, or our old self, to death. And I think it's, um, it's, it's good to know that because when you look within, it's, it's easy to think they've all got it together. But the truth is, I am no different to you. You are no different to the person beside you. We all have that within us. All of us have that thing within us that wants to be an idolater. We all want to put idols in our life. And that's why 
Christianity is not inner spirituality because we don't need to look within, we need to look up. And that's why that's important. All right. There's, um, there's two key things in that as well that I, I think are important to point out is um, those last two, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. So though that evil desires, um, I'm going to sound a lot smarter than I am except I'll pronounce it wrong, but there's a word for that called epithumia. Yeah, cool. Nailed it. Thanks, Nathan. All good. So epithumia is, they say it's evil desires here. What that actually translates to is an over-desire. So a desire that is over what you have a desire for there. And it's the same with idolatry. It's these two things that can really, I guess, overtake our heart. And it's hard in this new life when they're setting our heart upon the things above and when we're setting our mind on the things above, if there are things in our heart that are idols or things that are over-desires, and it's worth pointing out some over-desires are good, but they can't become over-desires, that they can overtake that space that is meant to be there for our relationship with Jesus. And so I just wanted to point that one out quickly, and that's why that's not such a uh, moralism passage, but more a uh, let's put on our new self because our new life is so much better than our old life. And it's important as well to know that we're never going to master this. But this needs to be a daily thing we lay down. So when we talk about that old life, every morning, if you're a morning person, maybe nighttime if you're a night person, but just just say to God, I'm going to lay down my earthly desires, and I'm going to put my eyes on you. And just doing that, taking that moment, taking that, uh, that stand, I guess, and doing that physical motion of saying, I'm replacing this with that, is an acknowledgement that when we look within, it's not great, but when we look up, He is great. And He can come and fill those things, and as we look to Him, He will continue to enlarge in our lives. I do want to touch briefly, I wasn't sure if I was going to go here, but let's go here. At the end, it, um, it starts talking about identity. And I want to ask the question tonight... And this is more, again, hear this in the context of old self. But are there things in your life that you're grasping onto that you say, this is who I am? Because it tells us here in verse 11, it says, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. You know, in, in Western civilization, we've got a fascination with individualism. We, um, we love all being individuals. We love all being different and being like, that's me, that's who I am, that's what I do. Um, but it's important to know here that we lay that down because we have an understanding that our old life is no good. But the new life we have in Jesus is unbelievable. So why would we want to hold into those things that are in our old life? It's, uh, it's not something that can coexist. We are in Christ. We are in Christ and in His love and our identity is found in Him. So why do we need to hold on to those things? Why are you trying to be a little bit of you and a little bit of Jesus? When He is so much better, why not be all of Jesus? Why not let those things be taken out of your life and step into His goodness? Make room for Him to move so that He can have His way and not try to block it with our own little obstacles. Identity is such a uh, scary word to talk about now, but... It's important because these things and this, this old self, the reason he says this as we flow on in this passage is it actually then affects the way that we respond to each other and the way we treat each other. It's, um, it then talks about the next thing you must lay down in your old life, 
anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Again, I just want to say this is all being said in love and we're saying this because we've got a new life. We've got a new life in Christ and we're not doing this because we're trying to earn our way to heaven. In that picture I showed before, we're not open that prison door by ourselves. Jesus has opened it for us, but we are stepping into that freedom. And when we step into that freedom, we're stepping out of what was. And so the reason we need to put these things to death is an understanding there within us. So this anger, this rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips or abusive language, it says. The reason we need to put this stuff to death is that doesn't help how you and I respond to each other. That doesn't help how we treat each other. And as a Christian community, we need to be a community full of people in new life. A community full of people that speak to each other in love, speak to each other with compassion and graciousness. And you can only do that if you put the old self to bed. So with all of this stuff, with all of these things, so setting your mind on the things above, setting your heart on the things above, there's a real intentionality to it. And there's a real onus on me, on you, to put these things into place. Jesus has opened that door. He's already made a way for us. I'm so blown away by that, that, that we don't need to make a way for ourselves. He's made a way. He's not making a way to the door of heaven. He's, he is the door to heaven, and we can just step through it. 